Shuffle. Shuffle. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Kill Shuffle. Welcome. I'm Donald. I'm Dylan. Gather round. We have albums to talk about. Yes, into our fire. Yes, indeed. Um, this week we are going to be bringing you reviews of new albums from Rammstein. Yes. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wie geht's? Wie geht's es dir? Uh, all right. <laughs> okay, right, right. <laughs> that's the, that's the, that is the extent of my German, as we will learn uh, throughout the course of this episode. Uh, Rammstein, Biffy Clyro, yeah. Tyler the Creator, uh, Yonaka, and then we're also going to take a look back at an album from 1976 called 347 EST by Klaatu. And there is an interesting story there mm. to tell. Um but uh, uh, yeah, no. Aside from putting me on the spot with my German, how's, hey, how's life? Sorry, apologies. Uh, life, life, <laughs> life is life is good. Life is good. I feel like you and I are kind of uh, moving along with musical endeavors of our own at the moment. Yes, in a very promising direction. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we'll be able to share that with you soon. Yes, um, kind of a when summer complete, of creation. When we complete one or two more songs, we'll show. <laughs> we'll show the rest. Yeah, I think, I, think, I, I think that's prudent. Yeah. Um, it's kind of been that time of the year when releases are coming thick and fast and I've already got a few favourites in the back pocket that haven't made it to the show yet or, or, mm. may, or, we, or we may we may do a catch-up episode oh, at some time but yeah. um, it's it's definitely been a very uh, release-heavy time. Oh, same, yeah. Big, big bands releasing every which way. And then small bands you just discover and, and, and wonder how you'd never heard of them before mm-hmm. so that's exciting um and it's just a really packed release schedule i guess the summer the summer uh releases come into focus usually pretty late so there'll be some major albums that won't get a solid release date until a couple of weeks beforehand um so we definitely have some pretty actually we're gonna have to make some pretty hard choices for the next show for example because there's about seven or eight albums coming out that i okay. i have in i'm interested in so so here would be a fun thing yeah i, I know i know we hypothetically wouldn't have the time to do it but um what if you had a kind of a, a russian roulette mm-hmm. ab- about the whole situation like a spin the wheel oh my these God. are the albums we review on the spot <laughs> We've, we've listened to them and we have to neglect the others I don't know we've listened or it's like we've listened to these albums once like a first impressions um, or, or maybe we just spin the wheel before we review them I guess that's not a bad idea yeah, too yeah. actually yeah like just let the let, let the let chance decide yeah. uh, we will see that's going to be a hard conversation but um, I thought going to say let the bodies hit the floor but anyway let the bodies hit the floor let the floor <laughs> how are you doing? I'm good yeah yeah I'm enjoying all these bands. I'm glad to hear it. Here we go. All right, let's let's mm-hmm. dig into the reviews. Um, the first album this week comes from German Neue Deutsche Harte band Rammstein. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are, I think I think my pronunciation was pretty okay there. Uh, they are kind of icons of the scene. I mean, if you've heard of, I, I almost feel like if you've heard of any German band, it's Rammstein. Like yeah. if there's, you know, they're, they're kind of like the one musical export from Germany that everybody. Has at least heard of, if not, they have. They haven't been on the ground for a long while. <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, if if you just take like Duhast or something, like yeah. everybody knows that yeah. song. And even at the start, they weren't really on the ground. They were like straight in with their success. Really, I I, I think they were at least. But as we discussed um, last year, they weren't the first band to do that style. They were just the most successful. Yeah, because was it Oomph? Oomph were around stuff, yeah. before them. They were a bit more industrial though. Right. A bit more digitized. Interesting. Yeah. A few of those bands. Yep. 
Um, but they're from Berlin and the they sort of kicked off in 1994 and this is their seventh album. It's actually untitled, although I, I think it's kind it's of Ramstein. referred as Rammstein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, although I, th- I think officially it is untitled. Interesting. It has a matchstick on the cover. Yeah. Um, and Rammstein have been largely consistent over the years, just as far as their lineup has never changed. Mm-hmm. And actually... Those kind of bands. Yeah. One of those kind of bands. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but funnily enough, they had always worked with a producer called Jakob Hellner, mm-hmm. who is a Swedish dude. And this, for the first time, is a, an album produced by Olsen in Voltini, who's actually in the band Emigrate. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's, uh, that's Richard awesome. Z's band. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so, so this is a, this is a new producer um, and a, something of a departure sonically, I would say, from previous Rammstein material. If not, maybe in the songwriting department, but we'll, we'll talk about maybe. that. Maybe. I'd say it's an amalgamation of everything. Okay. It being possibly a last record. Who knows? Is that <laughs> is that a rumor that's flying around? Well, they take their time. And much like Tool fans think the next Tool record is the last record, yeah. most Rammstein fans <laughs> were on the same boat with this. Was there was there a suspicion that Liebes Valada was going to be the last Rammstein record at one point? <laughs> Uh, I like, don't know. Is, is this, does this, was this album unlikely or when you heard it was coming, did you kind of go, yeah, well, that makes sense. Oh, I always had a feeling they were just okay. touring and stuff. Yeah. Being, Ramstein would be a weird band to just break up. No, I... I, I, I all, all willy-nilly. I almost yeah. felt like there was, a, there was a chance they would slip into that mold of System of a Down or something where I know they, no. they, they broke up for a few years and came back, but... You know they they've been they've been going on tour for so long with no new material that I was I was wondering if Ramstein would kind of follow that mold, but no, they've they've come back with a new album. They've um, released like little interesting albums, like little kind of alternative versions of songs, collections, and tons of different things. Okay, yeah, like piano centric albums. Yeah, yeah, they've done that kind of stuff. I feel like there's not a huge amount. There's not a huge amount of background necessary because we've already covered Ramstein on the show last. I think it was either last year or the year before we did Liebes Frada, um, which we talked about at length and, and went over Ramstein's previous career. So really, all you need to know is that it's it's big fuck off guitars, a little bit of industrial flavor, electronics, and just you know, hammering mm-hmm. drums, deep baritone vocals from Till Lindemann and. Uh, and variations on that theme. That's mm-hmm. what Rammstein do. So, the first thing we heard from this album was Deutschland. Yes. Uh, and saw. The video is... Yes. <laughs> pretty remarkable. Video, I suppose, attempted to be a the history of Germany in, in yeah, seven or eight minutes. In flashy movie form, a la Wolfenstein or something like that. Yeah, the, the, the cinematography reminded me of something like... Uh, Watchmen or Batman vs Superman or something like yeah. that kind of a Zack Snyder type vibe. Or was that Salone film? Oh, the, the one where he gets the 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 band together. What are they? All the action heroes. Oh, what was it called? Like Justice League or something? No, <laughs> sorry, I don't. <laughs> no, um, that those Kickass. Fi- no, those films. Um, where Stallone's the main guy. Oh, Stallone. A, oh, yeah. sorry. Oh, the Expendables. Yeah, the Expendables. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I didn't. Ah. I, I misheard you on Stallone. Reminds yeah, me yeah. of that. Yes, exactly. It's it's quite it's quite a thing to see. Um, yeah. The song definitely it didn't it didn't give me pause, but it didn't give me great enthusiasm. I really like the song, but it's very much um, a straightforward Ramstein number. There's those kind of those those yeah. fun synths that, that that sort of carry the intro that are always good. Yeah. Um, 
f- flaky or flake, whatever you want to call him. The synth- yeah, the synthist and piano synthesis. Yeah, what, what's his name again? It's um, it's uh, Christian Lorenz is his name, the okay. keyboardist. Okay. But yeah, I, I suppose just to get it out of the way early, um, because it's it's sort of something sort of caught my ear when I was listening to Deutschland, and I was wondering if it would carry through the whole album, and it, and it kind of does. I'm not sure that that um what's his name sorry Olsen was necessarily the right man for the job just as far as production there's lots of great elements to this uh, record sonically but I do think that the guitars are just missing an extra bit of wallop that you really get with with actually with a lot of well because they were all produced by the same guy pretty much all of their earlier albums but certainly yeah. like Liebes Frelida Muta Rise Rise it's noticeable like you, you can go back to Rise Rise and they very much have wall of sound in Intent, intention and like and a real meaty guitar tone that's full of mid and bass whereas this feels a little bit tinier I, though I, it is it's still fucking powerful no, by any, by other, any band other stretch stand, by like, any other <laughs> band standard it is well even going by like um, Emigrate who yeah. the producer is from yes that was more although that was not I don't think that was self-produced either yeah, yeah. but, but that, that was going for a more Ramstein-y sound yeah and that that sounded huge what too. Richard's guitar always sounds like basically. exactly so that's just a minor comment but I, I was wondering I only found yeah. that out today because I, I recently got a pair of um, yeah. a new a pair of uh, the Sony's the, the noise cancelling headphones and I, so I've just been getting used to them and I was wondering if that was maybe a little quirk of the headphones yeah. um, but no it, that's I mean, the way the guitar yeah, sounds I wouldn't say a complaint but just no, just a note. Departure. Just a note. Yes. Because because I, I, I'm not really going. That's really my, my main gripe, to be honest. With you. So I've got it out of the way. I think I think the guitars have yeah. a bit more whack to them on Liebes Frelda and mm-hmm. a few of the other albums. But beyond that, um, yeah, I think I think you're you're on good footing here as far as high quality Ramstein. Yeah, they're going for something a little different. In a, yes, yeah, theming is all about love in its different incarnations. Love for country. Love for other countries. <laughs> <laughs> do you reckon? Do you reckon there's a theme running through it? Uh, yeah, yeah. The, I think that's probably a strong. The Most other thing of these is, songs have- radio doesn't seem to really deal with that. It, 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 is that is that as ba- lyrically is that as basic as it seems? I imagine it's a, no, no, it's, it never is. No, um, yeah. There's always it, layers it's, hidden. It's it's hard. Like it's it's hard to um really get this get the poetic sense of what he's doing unless you are a native speaker. Yeah, because from what I've heard, his turns of phrases are really fucking clever. Yeah, right, and, and right, really poetic, and yeah. Because radio, to me, I and I this could have picked this up wrong, but I, it sounds to me like a tribute to to Kraftwerk, because <laughs> the, the 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 synthesizers yeah. on it are so retro and very much mm, in an- that analogy. Oh yeah, yeah. In the in the computer world vein of of um, that Kraftwerk made famous, and uh, then they do the they do the vocoder section right before the last That's, chorus again. Cool. Pure what Kraftwerk, yeah. just and just the general sort of theme of that chorus, which is like a dude singing to a piece of technology, which is again yeah. very Kraftwerk. So I, I felt like that love for radio. Music. Yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah. of course, and and maybe love, love, yeah, love for for their music and their own yeah. cultural heritage in Germany. But yeah, and and the the riff in that song is just. I mean, the chorus is excellent. That's well documented. But I just love the, uh, yeah. you know, the that 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 screaming yeah. guitar line and the riff. Excellent stuff. Yeah. Really, really oh, good. like it's pretty huge. And it's the, a, the riffing is is a, a, a step up, I think, this time around. Yeah. Like they really get creative. It's not just power chords. It's really intricate at moments. Right. As we'll hear with um, Zeke Dich. Yeah. Which is um, God, I love when they pull things out of left field. 
<laughs> like, cool. Yeah, I think that's about the Crusades or something. It's it's there's like a there's they got like the a choir from Belarus chanting in yeah. Latin. Yeah. And uh it, it, the lyrics are I had a look at the English translation mm. there they seem to be about like pillaging of some yeah, description. Yeah, unconsensual religion upon yeah. your on, upon your persons. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It rem- that one reminded me a little bit of Weidmann's Heil from the last album. Mm-hmm. Like it's just bit. real driving. That, that theme. Yeah. Darker. Um, n- n- not as much fun in that song as some of the other tracks, <laughs> but it's. But they have to do it. They have to do it. It's operatic. It feels epic. Mm, and I, 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 there's a pause at, at later on in it mm. where it comes back in. Until just, just absolutely primal screams over, yeah, everything coming back in, and it is huge and yeah. scary. Mm. And I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> just on that on that motif, um, with my headphones. Uh, how about Poopa? That song mm-hmm. has one of the most um, impressive vocal deliveries I've heard from Tillinman. Yeah, uh, because because he can be a, deranged channeling the oof. music. And the lyrics, yeah, dark, mm. dark, dark, dark stuff. Um, yeah, that reading the lyric sheet for that one is is a is pretty tough. But he tells us it's very it's a really interesting game of two halves that song because the the verse almost has a folky feel to it. It's 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 very very yeah. Um, it's like it's like it's like setting up mm. something. That you it's like this, knowing the, there's yeah. something gonna happen. It's from the perspective. The lyrics are from the perspective of this kid. Yeah, who is um. In sleeping in the other room uh, while his sister goes off to work in the room next door. Yep. Your mind, if you, if you have that kind of mind, you you go, you go pick up on right. how disturbing it gets oh, pretty fast. Oh, it's extremely disturbing, um, yeah. yeah. The, 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 Prostitution. It, right, mm-hmm. exactly. That's that's her line of work. And, uh, and uh, yeah, and the kid is given a doll yeah. um, and to sort of distract him, I yeah. guess. And uh, yeah, it's basically like a fast lane to... Oh shit! Here comes uh, hard life lessons. Right, right, and right. Really, yeah. But Bite. to hear a dude like God, yeah. yeah, no, no. What's you saying? Like you know, to hear like it's 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 unlikely to to think that a German dude in his what fifties, early fifties, yeah. early fifties, you know, it can so perfectly channel the terror of a mm. of a young child, like a traumatized young child. Yeah, if you go back, biting your, the head off of his doll. He has he has done that a few times. He's really good at channeling other yeah. people, other characters and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. right, right. And it's and it's it's a it's raw. It's very raw. It's very close to the mic and intimate those verses. And then as soon as it's it almost reminds you of like you know when corn do those like slow sludgy yeah. heavy ballads like when yeah. when the drums kick in and everything. Yeah. And he's just, yeah. like you said, like it's a primal, yeah. I, I've seen uncontrolled. The, I've seen a live uh, performance of it. Oh, really? Where there's a um, a uh, what are the prams with the with the huge kind of arches? Oh, the, yeah, like the, the old school, school ones. Yeah, yeah, another yeah. ones. Yeah, he has that, and he's like singing towards it as oh, these flames explode out of it, and there's this wow. weird kind of possessed doll on it. It's it's yeah. it's visually pretty incredible. But do you do you hear? I I do think there's definitely a mm-hmm. like a Jonathan Davis esque, just. Lack of control to yeah. the vocals, yeah. you know, like you could, you, you, you know, if if they left the if they left the tape running, you could imagine them just mm. having a full on breakdown at the end of that track, and it's 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 mm. really powerful. Mm. Of course, it's really cool, really dark, twisted, but not in not not um predictable. No, 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 no. no, no. I did not expect something that that much of a departure. I would say from the usual. Um, yeah. And that's not to say that the the more pedestrian Ramstein material on this isn't good. Like I think Ausland. Tattoo is one. Auslander. 
is is that more typical? Because I thought that was another kind of um, it, it, a little bit of a twist. It is. I mean, it is their approach to um, to kind of pop dance. Yeah, right. But exactly. Totally Ramstein. Yes. Um, you can totally imagine it's without the guitars. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, like yeah. like the like the, the pre-chorus, the, the arrangement of the chords. Yep. In a way, but just punchier in their style. Definitely, I think the pre-chorus in that song sounds like it could could be David Guetta or Vici or something like the way it builds up, and then of course as soon as the guitars kick yeah. back in, but it's pure like Eurodance. Yeah. that song and the lyrics are are funny because from an outsider perspective, you think, oh, it's about like people from other countries and yeah, love it. and but it, it's it's uh it's not it's about <laughs> um what's what's the word for it um uh sex tourism. Yeah, oh, that's what it becomes. <laughs> really? Yes, because Germ- Germans are quite a fan of that, or at least Jesus. some Germans. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did not know yes. that, but I'm not surprised given that this is Ramshaw we're talking about. But I-, I think Icelander is just yeah. like, it's it's fantastic. I mean, it's yeah. it's so trashy sounding, but mm. it really gets the blood pumping. It's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah, it's really There's another good. video to that as well, which is interesting and potentially controversial. Oh God, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, there is something funny about hearing um, till you know, going through all of the the different languages in the chorus. It's like, good. I think you know, it's mon amour, cool. mon chéri, well. ragazza, and all this. He does it well. He does it well. He does it well. The, nearly everything and subverts that your expectations again. If you if you yeah. you're reading into the lyrics, it's like oh. He went there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. There's a song that could be Frank Sinatra, Diamant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just Till and some light orchestration. Mm. It's you know, nice. You know, it's as close to a straight up sort of crooner ballad as you get. Yeah, I wish it was a little genre. longer, but hey, it's, it's kind of a prep. I kind of actually, I think it would have tested my patience if it was any longer as it is. It's, well, it's it a cha- nice little break. I think break. if it changed up dynamically, then I'd allow it. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah. Ona Dich, uh, that song. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. The staple of their live performance is sort of like this. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, overall, there's enough. There's enough here to keep one's attention. It's not overly long. No, no. And um, if you don't like some of the songs, you can easily go back to them. I mean, like, I was not too fond of Hallam Man. I like mm. aspects of it. I like certain places it went into. Yeah. But I think it fell a little flat. Well, that's the last track. I think yeah, you, well, you can kind of forgive the last track. I'd rather not if it's like the last Ramstein album. Well, <laughs> you know, sure. I, I actually it. don't mind Halloman. I understand what you're saying, and it is a little bit more Ramstein by numbers. Although, the, the again, the content of the lyrics may be quite questionable. It appears to be about somebody getting kidnapped yes. uh, by a, some sort of uh, possibly sex-crazed maniac. I think so. Yep. Sure. Uh, which, you know, par for the course, really, uh, for this band. But... No, I I don't mind that one, but I, I totally hear where you're coming from. Uh, sex was a great one. Sex is great. That is a great synth solo. Probably Flake's best solo. Re- yes. yes. It's, a, it's, it's a really and fun... the guitar just comes... Dun, 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 after yeah. it, it it chases all the way through, and I love it. That's just a balls-to-the-wall balls hard rock song. That, that'll go down well live, I guarantee you. Yeah. Much, I mean, much you, like a few others from... Was it Pussy and a few others from the previous album went down well live as party yeah. songs? Yeah. So all that. I feel like I've heard that riff done a million times before, but I'm I'm not even mad because it's, it's just fun. done to a really high standard. Mm-hmm. That dun 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 like it's it's pretty standard, but it's done so well. And there's even a sort of a, a nod to typo negative um in, in some of the keyboard work during the chorus in that song, which again gives it a different flavor. So mm-hmm. Yes, there's really, you know, there's really absolutely loads going on here. And I'm I'm pleasantly surprised. I remember on 
on the last one we looked at there were a couple of tracks that just uh that you know really didn't appeal to me and I, and I wasn't able to reconcile them with the whole record whereas mm. on this album there's mm. the standard kind of remains really high throughout and there aren't any moments where I want to skip or, or turn no, off or, or yeah leave them out yeah even like Veit was it uh, Veit Veg yeah um, it's, it's pretty good not great but it has like, an amazing solo and that yeah. happens way later in that song so right yeah keep with it yeah, no, no, of You'd course. I, I, yeah, what did I write down for Vibeg? Yeah, it's, it's, it's again, it's the another, lyrics are great. For it as it's well. basically, I think the first half is probably slightly stronger than the second half, but there's enough there, um, to make this a, a really worthwhile effort. And to be honest with you, as it stands, because I'm not such a, I'm, I'm not such a long time fan or I don't know their back catalogue intimately I would say that the this is probably the best start to finish Ramstein album that I know would you what would you say tops this Mutter for a while no um hmm. maybe yeah maybe maybe, maybe um maybe Raisa yeah I like that as well That's I listened to well. that one through the other day and uh, it's very good but I think I think in this a is while a, you know I think the I think the highs like, of um of Liebesvilla are maybe slightly higher but the lows are definitely lower. Yeah, it's concise know? enough to be um, just more easily digestible yeah. than most of their albums. And even though a lot of their albums are 11 songs, this just feels more straight and to the point. Well, that's because Diamant is so short as well. It it, it did right. almost act like an interlude track, mm-hmm, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But no, but this is, I mean, I'm really, really pleasantly surprised. Again, apart from that little gripe about the about the production not being quite as beefy as I'd like. It still sounds is, good and it still sounds good as well. And every other piece of the puzzle sounds fantastic. Drums, synthesizers, uh-huh. bass, they're, all the rest of it is, is spot on. They're as so. flashy as they need to be. Like the drums aren't too complex at times. Sometimes what, whatever the song needs, he can do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Incredibly well. Um, so um, what is your favorite track, Dil? I love them all, dude. I love them all. Um, shit, I would say Tattoo. Oh, really? That's going to be the last real... I just like the sentiment towards yeah. it. Yeah. Is it is the are the lyrics about getting a tattoo? I, I they, they basically are. I think I heard something about a hand and maybe like the, blood or something. It's the, in the, the real yeah. intricacies of getting a tattoo and okay. then potentially regretting it. Hey. Like if I get it, I think there's a lyric near the end. If I get a tattoo of your name and we fall out, I will search for someone else with that oh, name. I was like, that's, that's really interesting. <laughs> it's not my favorite track, but I did love the, um, the translated yeah. lyrics of... Uh, Vasus Liebe because yeah. it's like the, sort of what I love I I, ha- I, I don't love what I like I, I don't like liking things because if I love things then they go away and that's sad yeah so you, they, you really need <laughs> but, it, but, I, it, but in German it sounds great yeah. there is a guy on YouTube who translates this stuff he, he, he's, yeah. a, he's a fluent he's native speaker he's a bilingual yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he probably will do that more justice some things um, just sound like yeah, it's yeah. the same in French. Some some French sounds like just total nonsense garbage when it's yeah. translated into English, but in grammatically French, incorrect, but it's not. In right? Way. Yeah, but in another yeah. language, it has a certain poetry to it, and there's yeah. definitely a bit of that here. Um, I my favorite song is I I may be a basic bitch, but it's it's Icelander. I love that song. Um, I mean, I'd go I'd, and any other day, I'd do the same. It's it's excellent. Radio as well. Yeah, radio is brilliant. You, I mean, you, we could you, just go through the whole track. They all have different flavors. Really good. Um. But yeah, Rammstein, Rammstein, I want to go see them live now. This is the one I, I wouldn't have been interested, to be honest with you, after Liebesfeld, because for me it was a mixed bag, whereas there's enough on this now that I, and I you know they're going to be playing a lot from it, um, that I that I feel I would love to we go may and see them to, now. We may have to go countries to do that. Uh, did, did they ever they, play Dublin? No. Yeah, they 20, have. 2011, but okay. I think... Um, Maybe they're overdue. I think, I think the three arena are not too 
flushed on being py- set on py- fire pyro anymore yeah right yeah. okay interesting mm. um they might even be big enough for possibly the aviva as well i think that might oh, be like twenty thousand. maybe maybe ramshan have a big following i hear people who you would never expect Mm-hmm. listening to Rammstein do you know they just seem to be I've one of those Ram- crossover bands yeah I've listened to Rammstein in very unexpected places yes yes and I've but I've heard it played in the context of people that have no no interest in metal beyond this band and, and yeah, are they metal yeah I've kind of mm. um, so my fa- so yes yeah, I've told you my favorite song. I'm going to give this 8 out of 10 I'll give it a 9 excellent mm-hmm. excellent stuff okay so off to a good start um Ramstein, you you know what you need to know, so mm-hmm. go listen to it. Second album is was a bolt from the blue, the eighth studio album by Biffy Clyro, and I will not hear a word said against that description. It is definitely the eighth studio album by Biffy Clyro. I'm I, what? Balance not symmetry. Yeah, I know, but um, why why would it be well? Not, why would it not be the eighth? Well, because because it was it was surprise released as the soundtrack to a film. So people are, in some people are parceling it away as a, you know, in some other category, you know, uh, that, that as you may do, for example, with a band like Mogwai, you might sort of say, well, you know, is the soundtrack to um, name name one, like the, the Zidane documentary or the there's the one with the kid's face on it or whatever. Mm-hmm. They would kind of say, well, there's the Mogwai albums and then there's the soundtrack albums and they're kind of separate. But um and I might have been in that camp if this had been an album of ambient incidental music. I think another touch point would be maybe Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross and their album, their soundtrack albums, right. which by some people's standards sound better than Nine Inch Nails' recent efforts. Yeah, sure. <laughs> or, just, or just the same old. They've you know? reached a whole different section of the population, and I'm sure Nine Inch Nails fans wouldn't be particularly enthused by the idea of people considering those albums Nine Inch Nails albums, because they're not. Um, but this, I suppose, is slightly different because this isn't Simon Neal or something, or or he had a um, a solo project called ZZC, um, and funnily enough, two songs from this album were listed in the track listing for that album that never came out. So, so Simon Neal back in 2014 sort of said, "Here's a track, totally electronic, um, and." the album is coming, it's my solo electronic project called ZZC, and the only thing that sort of came out of his camp after that was a track list for what the album was going to be. No one ever heard them, but two of the song names, Fever and Plead, show up on this album. So my, so I think this is basically what this ends up being is, uh, rather than what people were expecting, which is a score, like a like a like like an original score, um, this is definitely more like a soundtrack to, you know, like, like the way, like, films like Juno have a soundtrack or Hangover has a soundtrack mm-hmm. it's it's a collection of songs that presumably will slot into this film we haven't seen yet yeah. have you seen the trailer uh, no or, it's I'm not gonna lie to you it, 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 it doesn't it, it doesn't does it evoke look, this album not really um, in parts the 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 the, the, the Logline for the film, or the, the summary is, an American student who is living a privileged existence at Glasgow School of Art when her father uh, unexpectedly dies. Well, that's obviously bad, a bad grammar, but uh, consumed with her loss, she finds herself re-examining both her life and inner circle. So it looks like a pretty dry, um, sort of artistically minded drama film. Yeah. Is that what this uh, soundtrack evokes for you? Hmm. I think a few a few of the songs. Okay. I think more yeah. more of the um the Biffy we love. 
Yeah. Or at least you really love. Yep. I'm grown to, yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> to tolerate. <laughs> I guess. Uh, yeah. Certainly not. Maybe maybe in the lyrics. Yeah. If I really pay attention, but... <laughs> There's only There's two a- tracks that I could hear as sort of a reference in the lyrics, but yeah. Yeah. Rebellious kid sentiments and stuff like that. It's... Yeah. Yeah. It's it's funny, yeah. So so like there's no background required in Biffy. We've already done them as uh, we did Black and Sky as a retrospective on the show, and um, Ellipsis came out prior to the show starting. So this is the first I'm going to say studio album that's come out um, since since we started the show. But uh, Simon Neil, James Johnston, and Ben Johnston. This album was produced, thank God, with somebody who's not um, John Feldman. Oh, uh, he although. He he, no, did, he did some other cool stuff. I remember we reviewed. That's right. Am I had. thinking? Am, sorry, am I throwing him under the bus when I shouldn't be? Let me just double check who most recently who produced ellipsis because whoever it is, I'm angry at them. But I want to make sure that I'm being angry at the right person because it wasn't a failure record. No, it wasn't. Uh oh no, he John Feldman produced um like a lot of uh, punk, uh pop punk records. Yeah, um, I just want, I want to make sure. Uh, but uh, ellipsis, the last studio album anyway, came out in 2016, and and it was the first. Rich Costi, sorry, sorry, John Feldman. I didn't mean, I didn't mean to. Pre- I meant Rich Costi. Sorry, he is not involved. Uh, Rich Costi, funnily enough, I think produced the new. Um, no, he mixed the first Joy Formidable album. So oh we, yeah. So we were like, yay! Yeah. But then he also did some stuff with Muse, and we were like, boo or whatever. So uh, he's a mixed bag. But no, Rich Costi produced the last one. And I'm very glad they've gotten rid of him because. Ellipsis I found very uninspired like I just thought it was totally it wasn't just Biffy by numbers it it's was, not the fact that the production didn't lend well to it it's the fact that the songs did not yeah and Biffy are a band that that are definitely influenced by the producers they work with um, like on uh, prior to prior to a puzzle they had a much more freewheeling creativity uh, their songs often went in a million different directions they went from the heaviest of heavy to the lightest of light and, and just you know, th- th- there is a schism in the Biffy Clyro fan camp between sort of pre-puzzle and post-puzzle because once yeah. they once they um, once puzzle came out, they started working with that uh, Gagarth, and he obviously had a, a the kind of influence that steered them towards a very mainstream pop stadium rock type sound, and that's really what they pursued then mm-hmm. uh, in the three albums that they did with him, being Puzzle, Only Revolutions, and Opposites. So. When they moved producer, I was hoping that the, the sound would would maybe develop or evolve or move into different directions. But um, Rich Cossey was basically sort of a, a comfort blanket for them. And, and they just went further into less inspired songwriting. Yeah, they sailed with that for quite a while. Now, this right. is this brings us to Balance Not Symmetry. They're working with Adam Noble. He has lots of mixing experience. He's worked with lots of major artists. Like he worked with, I think... Liam Gallagher maybe Noel Gallagher as well like Robbie Williams and like big big artists but he, the only album he seems to have produced is an album by Def Havana I don't really know they're kind of a okay. sort of mainstream alternative rock band but he doesn't have doesn't seem to have much producing experience Yeah. so um, it was almost like a blank slate and you can definitely hear that here in terms of the weird corners that Biffy are feel like they're able to expand into Yeah. it feels like there was more creative freedom on this album mm-hmm. I think like was there was there not creative freedom in opposites there was but That's... at the same time for a double album i think opposites is remarkably constrained in its vision that's not to say there aren't songs i love on opposites but the i think the the experiments 
are not nearly experimental enough. And it, they're almost as long as... This is almost as long as that one. Yes, yes, this is almost as long as 17 opposites. to 20 songs. If this... And I believe it is two discs if you order a vinyl of this album. But oh, as, as an exploration into the outer limits of what Biffy Clyro can be, I think this is much more of a success than Opposites. Yeah. Uh, when I listened to it for the first time, mm-hmm. you'd expect me to really have a tugging struggle being welcomed into this. Yeah, maybe. As an yeah. outsider viewer. I don't think it was too that bad for me. Okay, to, to get with. I, I coasted with it mm-hmm. almost all the way through. Okay. Like the first quarter was like, yes, this is doing different things and mm. it's fun and sure those kind of choruses and that they do the the real feel good we yeah. are heroes kind of <laughs> fucking bullshit top uh, of a mountain stuff yeah. yeah that's still there at points yes they're almost definitely yeah. but then they do these insane rock things that i've heard many many i don't know in, instrumental irish band do mm. like, like as far as the guitar work is concerned which I knew Biffy kind of did that in the past, right? Oh, yeah. B-sides, I mean, of albums, course. Tons of that stuff that reminded me of a silly fan and mm. whoever. Uh, I hear that. Yep. It's not totally lost. Um, but it's definitely not all they do in this. No, it's they go into, I mean... Very quickly, they take some turns. Over the course of the album, you actually do get some of that stuff that you would describe as electronic, ambient, incidental music that could be used in a film. There's three or four tracks that are all named after colors in pink, yellow, navy, blue. Maybe there's only three. Um, so that you do get, you do get that sort of original score type music. Yeah. You also get... Uh, I was about to say maybe Color Wheel, but that's a spectrum. Well, well Color Wheel colors. is actually the song that I feel like references the, the art uh, theme of the film a lot in the lyrics. It's all about, you know, it is all about one's experience with art and how you can kind of liken a relationship to the gamut of color and all this. Yeah. But uh, yeah, in terms of like genres, you, you, you get you know there's like doom metal basically at the end of that song fever uh fever dream fever dream um there's like some jazzy lounge piano and plead um, or is plead what is plead plead, plead more kind of plead i would say is almost more like west coast hip hop at the start there's sure. this organ hip hop drums and then it uh, goes into fucking black sabbath <laughs> yeah um there's loads and loads of riffing which recalls the earlier work and 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 the, the better stuff off opposites um and then you've 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 got a more electronically inspired songs there are uh bruce springsteen 80s inspired songs yeah absolutely all, yeah, singing, all singing all dancing certainly absolutely that's <laughs> bruce springsteen is, is a great uh touch point i was wondering who to bring up with that one mm. um so yeah there's there's an absolute mountain of stuff even on gates of heaven there's a light classical feel to it i think especially in the in the intro kind of feels like you're walking through the palace of versailles or something it's kind of a harpsichord type sound yes um so it's a lot to get your mind around on first listen like a lot yeah <laughs> yeah but they do they do um uh like like divide it up kind of in terms of instrumental songs, yes, a bit. You they can do. kind of make a. You, you can see which is grouped together with which. Which I think. In I terms think of so. Acts, I guess that's how they're doing it. I think so, and I'm always a fan of interludes because I think they they really break up a long album, and this is that's the case here, and even within the instrumental tracks, I think there's um there's a lot of variety. Like, Navy Blue, has 
almost a straight to tape feel to it like the the the, the main keyboard sections lots of wow and flutter and it mm-hmm. it kind of phases in and out of out of key and then this sort of huge EDM kick comes in and it's quite threatening whereas on uh I think it's it's uh yellow possibly um it there's a much more blissed out feel to it yeah um so so there's there's uh, and uh, sorry and pink as well has this as a lovely harp and it almost reminds me of the really light and fluffy Aphex Twin tracks on uh, I'm what is it called I'm only happy when you are or okay whatever what do you remember the one we, we covered oh, it we did it as we a we did we did but um, I know, I know. There, there were some very there were some there were some more sort of uh, major key classically mm-hmm. inspired tracks on that album yeah um, but this sounds a lot more blissful yeah melancholy definitely a chill points definitely yeah yeah i think but but as far as being a, a soundtrack album again there's so much going on at any one moment it's pretty cluttered um i mean yeah as i said a week ago like alice and jane's released um a mini series right a mini movie uh, series with each episode has one of the songs over it and that works well with the energy of the songs right beat, beat for beat uh frame for frame uh, I don't know how this might fare. Uh, even to be honest with you, even guess, watching the trailer, I found the the title track, which is we haven't discussed yet, is I think is absolutely brilliant, and it was it was a great way to announce the album the day before it came out because it's it's it just pleases everybody. It has massive riff. He references now the action is on fire from um from Vertigo of Bliss in the lyrics he says you never burn the action and burn the action is the main lyric in that song yeah. which is going to please the old fans you're like holy shit they remember they have albums before Puzzle yeah. um, it's got a, it does have their the new school massive chorus but uh, mm. there's enough weird idiosyncratic quirkiness yeah. to it that it, it, it can please everybody it's, it's totally weird for me because I yeah. like the second half of the chorus like the second phrase of the chorus is when i like the chorus and i don't like the first part yeah for some reason i like i like when the chord change happens right right but i don't right, like right. the starting chord it, it this band you is like a the lot part of it's like all we need is a little yeah. balance on That's, symmetry yeah yeah i like when they do that okay but they always start with a real major slug yeah i hear you sometimes. i hear you but i think there's enough there in terms of like bringing ben and james back as as uh backup singers yeah yeah and, and I, they I, have I appreciate that such because they're twins are identical twins oh. um it's it's always a really nice double attack when they say and they, and they do it they do it really well on that title track and they do it incredibly well on sunrise which i think is probably the highlight of the, the album. whole album yes um, it is you know because from a non-fan it is right (laughs) yeah yeah. it's 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 the it's definitely as far as one piece of one sort of self-contained song within the album there's like five or six discrete sections that are all excellent in their own right it blends perfectly and as i say like ben and james get that incredibly emotional delivery on the backing vocals in the second and the, the final chorus and you know the sun will never rise that thing yeah that comes in it's absolutely brilliant and that song really like Earworm of a chorus. Earworm of a chorus. Yeah. Um, I find it really affecting. Actually, I just I, oh, everything yeah. about it I think Certainly. is brilliant. I love that the playful nature of the the verse too. There's, do you know that whip 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 whip? There's almost a sort of Golden Eye sixty four. Yeah, uh, I was about to attack say attack to the synthesizers. It, it sounds like um, the sound the uh, the Koopas make in Mario sixty four when you talk to them when their yes. speech bubble opens up. It's that 
That's probably what they sampled. Definitely whatever sound I chip was you. in the Nintendo 64. I bet you it's that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's it's wonderful. It's like g- garbled, glitchy strings a la 1997 or 1998. Um, Real cool backbeat kind of to the chorus. It's, it's, oh, yeah. yeah. To the drums. It's and nice. it begins with just a classic sort of biffy freak out that they would have done on album two or three. Um, yeah, you know, weird time signatures. Rah. Yeah, Simon, Simon Neil, and, he, and he's back to making his weird noises, which I love. That's cool. It reminds me of, I don't know, fucking Jane's Addiction or something. Yeah, or, or, right, or, or, right. Um, oh, uh, what uh, uh, hot minute? Um, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Red Hot Chili Peppers, for sure. There's, there's old Red Hot Chili Peppers in that too. Um, he does it on Tunnels and Trees as well. I, it's kind of a thing he used to do, like on um, songs like uh, Black Chandelier, there's the. Doon, doon, digga, doon, doon, doon. And he makes weird noises. And then Fractions, Fraction does a moment where he's like, woo, And he does all these odd noises. And at the end of Tons and Trees, he, he does the same thing. He, he kind of does these, I don't know what I call I call them size weird yeah. noises. But um, but they're they're just a part of the Biffy Cairo tapestry that I always enjoyed. And they haven't okay. tended to that in ages. Yeah. It's like when Jonathan Davis breaks out the bagpipes or something in corn. You're like, hey, you still play the bagpipes. You still do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and things like um, in uh, is it different kind of love when they call it when they come in with the om oh yeah or uh, tunnels and trees yeah tunnels and trees yeah that's a bit bizarre that's a bit weird for me that but uh, it's kind of like no other band does Muppets, shit like the that. Muppets from Labyrinth kind of weird oh yeah <laughs> in that magic dance <laughs> see they were never afraid to kind yeah. of bring a bit of humor into yeah, the yeah. music before and and they've always I just didn't expect it like. That's- yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Yeah. I know what you're saying. But like, there's there's always been humor in Biffy Clyro. Like there's a there's a song there's a song off the B sides record for um, Only Revolutions where there's like the lyric is like you've got your foot halfway up your dick. I bet you ten pounds it wouldn't fit, but I was wrong. So you must be rich. You know, like, there, there, there was always um, there was always kind of lyrics. That, there's a funny line on uh, I can't remember what song it is now. I think it might be Naturals maybe, or it's like some love is the combination of shit and gold or something mm-hmm. it's just kind of funny little lines like that um, throughout that I like it's again it's very hard to to give an overall impression I do think there's um there's definitely a few vocal ticks or like or vocal hooks that are lifted from either different songs or different Biffy songs or um, just same he's picking from the same vocal yeah um, chart that he has before some, that's probably a lot of true. vocalists do this yep yep that's um, probably true without knowing um like on i'm just want i just want to see if i can find because i have a couple of examples um there was a, a vocal hook from uh in the name of the wee man which was i guess technically the last biffy clara song because it is the bonus track off ellipsis and not only the best song on that album if if you count the bonus track hmm. version but the best biffy the best mainline Biffy song for years and years and years and years. It's a brilliant song. Wow. But um, there's a yeah, there's a I can't exactly remember um, the 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 melody to it. But it, it's um, what is it again? Uh, it uh, da, na, 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 like that. That's that's straight off Wee Man. Um, there's a there's a vocal line that I think they took from Hard Fi. Do you remember that song, Cash Machine? Yes. Why? There's there's a line. There's a there's a very similar hook to that in Tunnels and Trees. But then they're always put in a different context and a different musical context and music is, you know, imitation and flattery. So I don't have any massive issue with it. Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, this is 
so much better than it has any right to be. It is. It is. And, and like, the fact that it got half and half on me, hmm. like, um, it, it was a surprise. Um, okay. Like, ev- even some some of the songs I quite disliked, like, I guess, um, what's, what's the song? I think it's Color Wheel. Where okay. The second half changes. And it's like, da, 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 color me Color me in. Oh, color me in. That's color oh, wheel. Color yep. me in. Yeah, yeah. That's I color love wheel. when it gets to that, but that's halfway through a four-minute song. So. Um, I, yeah, I see what you mean. It kind of goes into that. It does like a... Yeah, pick, pick a band. Loads of bands do this. Like everything, everything. Blink-182 have done it as well. But you know, when there's like three different vocal lines going on at the same time, yeah. or like Queen have done it too. Um, like if they started that song with something like that, yeah. I would have liked it a bit more. I don't. I hate having to wait two minutes to get to the best part of a song, or yeah. like the one part of a song I like quite a bit, actually. Yeah, no, I like it, I like it, Colorway, but I, I totally beautiful. hear you. I'd say one that one that you probably didn't. Sorry, the other, the other vocal line I was thinking that, that that kind of feels like it's um, you know, you know when you, in in Gates of Heaven when he when he sings like oh, fall like a fever. Yeah, I I remember when we did the review of uh, Gold Key, mm. Hello Phantom. There was a line in that fly through the middle and and even then I was like that's from something I still can't we both think of the well. in, I still can't think of what the An original Oasis thing I don't know maybe. might have been if you remember it uh, let me know because it, 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 even like this is a copy of a copy because I remember when I first heard that song I went shit that's something and I, I still haven't been able to remember what God, it was could be the verve I don't know I mean it's two it's literally two notes it's ba ba da 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 I mean presumably it's a very common phrase it, it but, is <laughs> but that's why I recognize it um, but yeah no I, I'd say the other one that you probably were nonplussed by would have been uh, Touch that's a fairly pedestrian sort of modern biffy track. That it is. Wouldn't have been out of place on it is. on ellipsis or something. It was quite quite forgettable. I yeah. think. How, how, what kind of vibe did the song? Give? Um. It, it, again, it's it's very similar to a song like like Howl or something like an like a like an upbeat up tempo modern ballad type song. Yeah. No, I do remember it. I only listened to it this morning. That's how forgettable it, it is. It, 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 it has a it has an extended middle section where they yes. repeat the same line over and over, but it's the line isn't necessarily as musically strong as as it should be to, to sustain that much repetition yeah and they get a little interesting near the end with Jasa Biab oh yeah kind of yeah Jasa Biab almost feels like a pastiche of country and western yeah, like, it's yeah. like it's like a song you could line dance to yeah it's the last one I was like this is interesting I could imagine this backing mm. a movie somehow yeah they've done tracks like that um this and, and Gate 7 kind of remind me of a song off the Missing Pieces uh, record, which was the B-side to Puzzle, uh, called Cracker. They've, they've, or there's another song called um, Milky uh, off Similarities, which okay. again, they've done that where they where they kind of put their, their Stetson on yeah, and, yeah. and do like a, a joke version of country music. But yeah, I, re- I like that song. It's, it's unexpected um, and it's cool. And then they, they end with two songs that are very expressive piano parts. Yeah. I love that. I, They're all right. Did you not think Following Master was cool? Because it kind of goes from, kind of goes from like a hotel lobby oh, to yeah, a haunted I, house. I liked, I liked that aspect. The changes. The, I, the organ that comes in is great. Yeah, I like the backing aspects. Maybe not his delivery vocally, right, okay. but I like the rest. Um, in the end kind of almost weaves into Nightwish territory yeah, Ed Peter's out I really yeah I think that when the orchestra comes in and it, oh man well, uh, yeah but I okay for me it's a bit of a flounder of a song but Fair. that's that's just you know yeah you have me, to be... me wanting what I want you know Sunrise <laughs> I want yeah, something yeah, like no, Sunrise to explode the I last track I get you but I get you it's a movie soundtrack what can I say you kind of have to buy into the uh 
Biffy Clyro cinematic universe, I think a little bit. Um, I'll try. You know, but <laughs> like in terms of yeah. like, you just need to sort of embrace Simon Neal and all of his, in some ways, mainstreamy crowd pleasiness, and then in other ways, his completely off the wall bonkers like avant gardeness. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm so happy they're still very much the Biffy Clyro in a way that you loved. Yeah, because. Um, I can't say that for bands like 30 Seconds to Mars <laughs> which no the poor fans have started off loving that band and yeah descended into culty madness well to be honest artistry. with you I had it's it's weird I've listened to more Biffy Clyro in the last two weeks than I had listened to in probably the last two years because there's something there's something about a band releasing a few albums in a row that you feel are going down maybe a path that you don't quite enjoy as much. Yeah. And, and then a to, spark of something. Right, exactly. Yeah. And then and then I think there was something of a last straw feeling with Ellipsis. Yes. I actually still haven't been able to bring myself to listen to that record again, even on the pre- preparation for this because I because I disliked it so much. It's, it's kind of me with the um to a lesser extent, but me with the Darren Gray record. Right. Because right, it was right. slightly not good quality okay. production. Yeah. Okay. Um, compared to everything else, I just that was a put off. I hear you. Everything else is so perfect in, in the other albums. Seems. Yeah, it was a very like, uh, compressed kind of production yeah. on that. Yeah, and it's it's it is it's sad when that happened. So I had almost I almost in the knowledge of the existence of Ellipsis, I almost couldn't bring myself to listen to the Biffy Claro I loved because I felt and like everything t- was they, tainted. Yeah, and they toured stuff you didn't like. Oh yeah, like they haven't played a set list that I would have been interested in hearing in years. They're unplugged. They they released that unplugged album last year. And I could not have been less interested in any... They, they played Dublin. Like they played Dublin. They never mm. played Dublin. And they played mm. Dublin. And I didn't even try and get a ticket because I just knew that if I went, I would be massively disappointed by the set list. And lo and behold, I checked it out and I would have been. So what this album feels like, even more so than being just a really, really solid Biffy album, I think actually the best start to finish Biffy album since Puzzle, Yeah, is I just think it's it's it feels like a permission to just appreciate how great they are again it, it feels like a redemption God, for me I hope so i so, hope yeah. i hope the next thing yeah. is more back to roots because yeah. they have that spark and they're aware that they're getting it back it's very clear especially yeah. with the first song right um yeah so like that that makes me very excited for the the studio album this is a studio album but the the next album that they say is coming have, later have in the, the year oh is, th- is that for real that's what that's what they've been saying so whoa, whoa, we'll, okay. we'll see this this was <laughs> gonna be this awful. was thrown what off. if it's just as bad as the last album well that's you see that's like, that's the thing is is did they feel like this was the b-sides album of this cycle like have they released the b-sides album before the main album um because biffy in case you didn't know or have all the way along the line released uh basically another album's worth of material that tends to be better than their studio How albums. How many bands do that? No, it's kind of crazy actually. Uh, but um, no bands come to mind, but yeah, yeah. But they ne- they never did it for Ellipsis. And I was so c- they they originally came said they were going to release some called Punk 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 that was going to be the B-side album for Ellipsis it never happened. Yeah. Um and so I'm wondering was some of this the ZZC material that got recycled was some of it the Punk 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 material? The only other artist is Devin Townsend who's oh, done yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah 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 yeah. actually that's a really good shade. Devin Townsend does do that. Yeah. Um so we just wait and see whatever Biffy Clark puts out next will be either yes they're back on 
Thus, or they're not being paid by a movie studio to make an album kind of bad. Yeah, I know. And Simon Neal, I mean, this this guy is not a major. Jamie, what's his name? Jamie Adams is the director, and and I think they they know each other personally. And Simon Neal co-wrote the script, so this is a very much like in-house job. Okay. This isn't like a major motion picture. Um, I'd be interested to see the film once it comes out. We'll see. Yeah, just to see how they incorporate these songs. Um, but I'm just I just want to know what they're going to do next it's a very exciting time yeah. uh, to be a Biffy fan again I which hope. I didn't feel like I'd get to say yeah you get to listen to the music with a bit more a bit less vinegar in your blood absolutely <laughs> you know? yeah uh, of course favourite song and yada 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 oh my word well mine's Sunrise so you can't pick that damn it so and I'm giving this a 7 7 out of 10 alright good stuff hey from from Dylan that's, that's high praise um Oh man, if I can't pick Sunrise, which we never actually had an express rule against picking the same song. Yeah, you gave so- you gave my albums of the years sevens, and so like the EPs and all that. True, so, yeah, that's, very that's true, a- very true. I'll take um, Tunnels and Trees then. I really love that song, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to give it an eight out of ten. Nice. That's yeah, that's great to hear. Oh, <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Hundred percent. Yeah, it is. It, yeah. It's it's really really solid. Um, so that's. Balance, not symmetry, by Biffy Clyro. Check it out if you fell off the Biffy wagon. That's balance, not I, symmetry. That's, yes, exactly. <laughs> you may enjoy it, Even, and if you're still on the Biffy train, I would. Yeah. If you're somebody, I mean, I, I've seen both. Basically, I've I've discussed with both camps on Twitter. It, this album seems to be the one that brings together the the new school fans that have gone on board around kind of only revolutions kind of time and the fans that are coming in from the cold like myself okay. so um, well done Biffy you've somehow managed to square the circle let's move on yes some... what do you want to talk about next Are you talk about Tyler uh, the creator yes let's talk about Tyler okay um, I feel woefully inequipped to properly review this just as a pre uh, as a prelude but I, I'm really excited to do it um, Tyler the creator uh, also known as a member of Odd Future yes um, also known, presumably to his mother, as Tyler Okanma, um, has been making music since 2007. This is his sixth solo album. It's called Igor, uh, but he did it has released quite a bit of material with uh, Odd Future, which um, Frank Ocean is also a member of, which was interesting context for me. Yeah, he's been working with Frank Ocean from the start. Yes, he has. And I hear a lot of Frank Ocean in this, for starters. Um, Channel Orange was just a mind-blowing album that came out whenever it came out 2012, 2013 or so yeah. um, and and um, Goblin was 2011 this is, was, oh interesting uh, Tyler's first yes 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 um, this is not what I was expecting it to be I don't know why but I, I thought I think he in, in a previous incarnation Tyler had been much more of a rap centric artist whereas this feels yeah. much more like you a, think it, more like a Tech Nine as a chillist yeah in a way yeah, like just just more just more straight up like like beat and voice. Whereas this is uh, mm-hmm. first of all, he he's essentially produced it single handed. Um, truly a solo album. Yeah, or like the featured artist. But with, yeah. No, but with with uh, plenty of feature. But like I, but as far as like, as far as an artist in the genre, it's it, you know he really has like gotten a, he's, he has a vision and he's executed it really himself, and that's very impressive. And uh, yeah, and I, I hear a lot more. R&B, uh, soul, hip hop, hip hop, straight up, and yeah. and and sort of dark, almost sort of synthwave type stuff, mm, like uh, stuff I haven't heard since Beastie Boys kind of hit it off at their end career. Yeah. Um, har- a little bit of horrorcore, which I think was his original genre when he started rapping. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So it's it's a really really varied listen, mm-hmm. and and a really surprising listen. That was that was my first impression. Mm-hmm. 
Um, what I well actually do you know what just as a little bit of context before I um kind of get your your a take on the album okay. uh, this album has rocketed to the top of the charts without even a video or like like a controversial video beforehand or anything like he released it all after the release yeah and in that way it feels like it feels like maybe To Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar as far as there is not a drop of integrity lost in this album this is not an album made for record executives or PR people or anything this is an album made by a very talented musician yeah. it, it's so it's so close to um feeling I got with Kanye's first albums yeah or um, Childish Gambino yes Awake, Awaken My Love yeah um, but but commercially this has been an absolute smash it's only been out for uh, a hot minute maybe a week a week or two it's already sold like 165,000 uh, copies in the US um, and it's number one currently in or at least it was number one in the US it went straight to number one so like this is and, and, and it's placed very high in lots of other countries so it's nice to see that in an era of arguably talentless hacks populating the start the top of the charts that something like this does come along because people are totally up in yeah. for it spoilers like for I think this is this is dripping this is drenched in talent from start to finish oh totally like like the um the real gems you hear from I guess SoundCloud rappers in mm-hmm. that era yep um, just that real creativity this is it but um but like a macrocosm yeah like brought to the forefront of the music industry yep and, and the charts as well yeah so. right right and and, 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 a, and an interesting take as well and that's why I sort of reference back to Pimp Butterfly because that one had a loose concept I think and uh, this album is Again, it's 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 difficult to to get a concise description of the, the the plot of this album, but it seems to be about a character named Igor who is in love with a guy, and the guy is basically on and off with his ex girlfriend. So it's um, it's sort of a love triangle between two guys and a girl, and uh, which it's super progressive, um, especially for the genre, and mm-hmm. makes for a. A, a very much an album rather than a, a series of tracks which sometimes I find certain albums in sort of hip hop and rap can begin to feel like a slog they're often over an hour this is like 35 38 minutes yeah. and they're they're generally speaking isn't often connective tissue beyond just each track being self-contained even if even yeah. when it's a concept album it goes over a whole load of things that fall under a concept right this, this is, is very much about a relationships story, in a way his own Whatever turmoils he was going through, in a yeah. way, yeah, it's it's real, and very relatable, incredibly relatable, yes. and really well sequenced, uh, held together by these little spoken word sections yes. by this guy Gerard um, Carmichael. He's a he's a comedian, uh, but he just mm-hmm. adds these little mm. pockets of spoken word that mm-hmm. that carry you throughout. Yeah, um, yeah, this starts off incredibly well, um, off the bat. It, mm. uh, Igor's theme. Yes. It's not Igor, it's Igor. I Igor, mean. yes, Igor. Igor. He uh, actually put up an Instagram post. I didn't think oh, really? you'd need a pronunciation guide for <laughs> Igor, but he, he was like, he it's did. pronounced E-E-E-G-O-R-E, Igor. Igor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it starts off really, yeah. this huge thumping drums and synth that's totally spacey. Yeah. It's funny, um, actually, because I often... 
artists, the trap artists, and 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 Drake in particular is an artist that I've kind of had to listen to in the background a little bit, or I've been, I, I've I've uh, had played for me quite a bit, and I, I often sort of think that a lot of those artists sound like they're they're kind of trying to do something like a spooky movie. Um, but it doesn't quite come off. I don't, or it seems like it has no point. Like the lyrics are about creeping or something, or just yeah. like you know, the lyrics are about uh, going to the club, and then there's just this weird sort of minor key haunted house baseline, and it makes no sense to me. Whereas this, even though it's dark and aggressive and threatening, the content, the lyrics, mm. everything about the performance fits mm-hmm. that atmosphere, and that's why that opening track is so good. It doesn't and- really showboat. Too no, much. but when that drop comes in, you know the, mm. the bit where it kind of sucks in, and then it's it's an explosion of just that. Ba, 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 it's that's yeah. such John, a satisfying moment. Yeah, it's kind of like John Carpenter meets, like as I said, uh, make some noise by Beastie Boys. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, kind of thumping New York drums and yeah. Like if you, you want to just get the biggest possible set of speakers <clears throat> and just whack that up to full, it's a it just sounds phenomenal mm-hmm. again, an excellent production. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so it's a really really strong start, and then Earth, Earth, Earthquake, um, welcome to Earthquake. Earthquake was written originally for either Justin Bieber or Rihanna, uh, which I can hear. Rihanna, I go for Rihanna instead. Okay, yeah. Well, it was if I had pitched a gun to, to my both. head. I would. It was pitched to both. I I I think actually would be a better fit for for the Biebs, but again, and they turned it down, both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But their loss. <laughs> no, but it's what well, well, yeah. their loss is Igor's gain because this album, you know, that that song I guess picks you back up again into a more Frank Ocean mm. uh, space, like a, a you know a more mainstream R and B space. But it's necessary after the chaos of that first track. Yeah, I think. It, it gets you into what the album's really about. Yeah. Which is a sense of foreboding loss. Yeah. Um, and, and kind of the fallout of 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 the relationship or the possibilities that kind of yeah. definitely definitely so it's a melancholic album in that sense all the way through yeah and um, yeah the darker moments some of them remind me of uh demon days by gorillas like uh new uh, new magic wand in new magic wand which is like the that the peak of like the dark yeah i think what's good also has a little bit of that as well um oh yeah particularly that you know that it's do 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 that bit where he sort of yeah. says um what is it? Uh, if if a cop says my name, bitch, I'm me. Gah! And then everything kicks in. I love that. There's little sort of yelps and screams and stuff like that throughout the album that really like mm-hmm. add adrenaline and energy to uh, the the darker track, the more aggressive yeah. tracks. Ur- and- Earthquake has a very uh, yeah. To go back to that. No, go ahead. I've I've been looking on the internet. <laughs> like no one likes the um. I forget the artist, the featured artist. But, oh, uh, um, I do know that. I do know the featured artist. Khalid? Playboy it? Cardi? Cardi, yeah. yeah. Cardi B, uh, or whatever his name is. Not Cardi B. Or whatever his Playboy name is. Playboy Cardi, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's... Uh, <laughs> it's very... Uh, subtitles would not go well with it. <laughs> oh, like, really? It's like, the video is like, this bit video does not do captions. <laughs> it's like, I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's... It's funny, actually. It's a great song, but yeah, that part. Uh, interesting, yeah, no, yeah. I, I, hadn't, I hadn't picked up on it, but then again, I, I don't know, I wasn't... I only kind of tuned, really tuned into the lyrics on my last listen through. Um, but I think there are a lot of guest spots on this album. In particular, Pharrell features on the last track. And Kanye. Kanye is on one of the tracks. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, and Solange as well, Beyonce's sister. And CeeLo sure. in Gun Gun. Yes. Which, oh my God, he fucking steals the show. He does. <laughs> but that being said, I think... 
Tyler is a very, very versatile singer. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of the first, the very first time I listened to this, I was like, ah, oh, this is like a clown car of guest artists. It's actually not really. A lot of the artists that I thought were super diverse are actually all just Tyler. But his voice is is sometimes pitched down super, super low, like to sort of... Um, like DFX or Buster Rhymes kind of timbre and then there's other times where he sounds where I thought it was a female uh, guest vocalist like on, on that track that CeeLo's on uh, Gone Gone that's actually Tyler again yeah, yeah. pitched up into really sort of more of a female range um, and then there's other times where it's kind of a middle it's like pitched up but, but less so yeah. because for most for the most part in, in hip hop a lot of people will go like okay I don't really know my voice I'm gonna to go to go to a producer because producers know my voice yeah. better than us, and yeah, that's true. They they can see the flaws that we don't see and see. Yeah, like we hear our Adam's apple, <laughs> they don't. Right. So like, they know our voice, and yeah, he this. I think I think uh, I think Tyler really has that producer mind, even for himself. Right, which, which is, is really interesting. Unique. Yeah, and I'm I I'm kind of wondering how he like how he did a lot of stuff, which is um in 2019. Yeah, you know, it is a very. Uh, <laughs> it's an achievement to to put something out and then have people go how did you do that now because on some of the vocal techniques I'm kind of thinking did he sing it in a different key and then pitch it up and, and stuff but it's 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 so seamless I guess yeah. in the result yeah. that you, you kind of it sounds like magic almost yeah. um, freaking time consuming to get that yeah. I'd imagine another uh, guest spot that you may not have noticed or maybe you did uh, Jack White has a solo on this album yeah uh, which song was that in the uh, final track uh, are we still friends? Yeah, it's <laughs> interesting, and, and, and that song reminds me a little bit of Boarding House Reach too, in parts. A little bit, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was. So he really has his finger in many pies. He does. He does. I didn't expect it at all, but hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's. I mean, and he's clearly as strong of a singer as he is. Uh, you know, as as he as is as a rapper, and there's loads of rap on this as well. Not as much as there was in the past. No. Not by a long shot, but that's... It's not a rap album this time around. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's as if you can imagine, like, Childish Gambino tra- sort of seemed to um, transition completely from rap to Because of the internet. singing. There's a change yeah. you kind of saw because of the internet, in yeah. a way. And then, whereas this re- retains elements of that old sound, but people kind of say that it's... I, I, I had to listen back to Flower Boy. To be honest with you, I, I've totally slept on Tyler the Creator. I yeah, Fl- Flower Boy's kind of in the same vein as this. Yes. I mean, to go farther back a little bit. That's what I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Flower Boy felt like a less refined version of this. I, I almost felt like that That felt like a prelude to this a little bit. Yeah. Um, this album is... Even though there are machine guns setting off in parts, mm-hmm. it's not an angry album in that sense. It's not even resentful. You don't think so? Uh, I think parts of it are. Parts of it aren't. Yeah. But not with blood-curdling anger that most rappers would have. It, no. It's kind of like, okay, let's get on with our life. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, gone, I, gone, gone, thank you. Is yeah, that. Gone, Gone is just an excellent... I mean, it's just, it's just a really, really fantastic... Seamless double song. So almost kind of soul song. Yeah. Um... And then it moves into Thank You, you're right? Yeah, Seamus, yeah, yeah. And that uh, Thank You is a totally different vibe again. That's like, that reminds me of Junk by M83. Yeah, yeah. It's that kind of... The synths really have that, 80s synthesizer, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, that's been a thing since the very first album. Mm. But more so nowadays, that the synths are really just unique. Yeah. Clever. Just outside the box from what you'd expect. Oh, God, from, yeah. From, by the books, garage band synths that a lot of hip-hop artists would use. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, the synthesizers really are, are, I think, what makes this they have character stand out. Much like the Ramson album, they have so much character. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Um, because there are samples running throughout this album. There, there's an Al Green sample towards the end. There's a, um, there's a soul sample on. Just remind me. I just remind myself now of which track um, it is, but it's, it's 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 in the second half. Um, Boy is a gun has oh. a, a soul sample that called yeah. uh, by the the Ponderosa Twins that Kanye had used previously actually but interesting um, there's not as many I, 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 I always appreciate when there's an effort made to kind of create um, to for the music not to be secondary I don't think the music ever feels secondary on this um, mm. it does never feels like a backdrop to the no, vocal no no it sets the scene yep mm-hmm. yep like the drums are the main focus point of um which track is it now? Uh, I think it's well, certainly Igor's theme, but also "What's Good." Yeah, those really hi hat intensive drums, mm-hmm. just fantastic, full of flavor. Yes, so smooth. Yes. So you, you, I feel like we both really enjoyed this off the bat. Off the bat, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, because I, I kind of knew him before. I, I wasn't expecting this album, so I was like, okay, people are saying it is as good as it is, and it is. Yeah. totally worth the hype it just doesn't feel like the kind of album that makes it to the top of the billboard charts I'm really glad no, that it has that's spectacular news yeah mm-hmm. yeah because I really kind of had given up a little bit of hope um, that stuff with integrity would would be able to succeed and this really does have as much integrity as you y- you can get with the record there's, there's no it's he is the co-writer or sole writer on all of these tracks he produced everything himself he you know he's he's got a very interesting angle to things and you know he's he, he's kind of alluded to the fact that he's probably bisexual and there's references to that film call me by your name in the lyrics he went to northern italy i think to record a couple of these tracks or to get inspiration which is the setting for call me by your name and all this stuff very far from stereotypical uh hip-hop you know what i mean yeah and that's not to say that the, the the greats aren't great. Like we covered Tribe Called Quest on the show, and like that is just yeah, I mean, phenomenal. Some of the greats are in this, and some of the greats are feature on this. Yeah. Um, it feels like it's a, it's an even balance of new and old, mm-hmm. and it's just excellent. I wish Kanye would sound like this again. That'd be great. In on its own stuff. Yeah, yeah. If he could sound like that in this for a produced, small bit, because he produced he produced the Pusha T album last year, which I really enjoyed. Now it's not up to this standard. It definitely leans more on hip-hop tropes and the what was the one the, oh, duo, the duo one that we uh, kids see ghosts yes it's all right <laughs> yeah it was all right and then and better then, and but, then yay yeah. i didn't love okay. oh was that what it was called i don't know yeah i think it was yeah i think okay, it was called yeah um I, I i there was a couple of songs i liked in that but really i think kanye was i mean he was having a tough year yeah the fact that he was able to you know produce and release mm. three albums that made it into the top of the charts Ew, the music you do to survive absolutely absolutely but this um, anyway uh, back to Tyler the Creator mm-hmm. just really exciting and I think I've, I've found like a new just well of a talent to dive oh into God, yeah go for dive in <laughs> anywhere <laughs> from the start that'll be interesting yeah absolutely yeah. Um, so again I'm probably not the best positioned person to review this album but what can I say apart from it's well, really, we, really we good. just did so we just did and yeah. you know from my perspective I thought it was absolutely excellent I'll definitely be going back to it um, you know in the coming weeks and months so uh, what, what's your favourite track though? oh god um, again it's so hard with an album where everything is so interconnected yeah and so different and varied at points mm. I think hmm. 
Shit, I don't know, dude. I would think um, either Puppet or Gone Gone. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll take um, I'll take Igor's theme first track. Absolutely love that track. Yeah. it just sets the stage. For the I would. Thing. I was gonna do that. Yeah, but I was like, I want to go deep into the album. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, like, my my, my set my second my second favorite would be would be What's Good. So okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, give this a nine. I'm also but, gonna give it a nine because he's he's on the way to something. God, yeah. He he's going. He's he's get he's not quite there yet. I can tell because this is the album that I was like, oh wow, this is much different from the last few. Yeah. So he's he's going somewhere, yeah. but not there yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, this just feels like if if this is the if this is the um what's the name of that album now? Uh, if this is the Deep Fantasy, and then there's a Paradise coming next. Yeah. If, to, to use white lung, white lung terms, then I'm yeah. very excited. Honing the new sound. Yes, indeed. But, uh, I, you know, this this feels like it could either be the second or third, uh, sorry, the second or the first album in a in an arc of three. Like, Flower Boy was really, really strong, and I want to get into it, and that could be the first album of three, yeah. or this could be the first. But either way, there's more to come from the Tyler Camp, and clearly he is prolific. He's been he's released a lot of albums in, in not so long a space of time. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's a nine from you and it's a nine from me. The album is called Igor and it's it's well worth your time. You've already heard of it. You've probably already heard it. So you don't need us to tell you, but it's it's really really good. Uh, okay, and then the last new album of the week is a band from Brighton. They're called Yonaka. 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 Do you have any idea what that means? No. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, they are not Japanese, but they do seem to have a Japanese name. Uh, they're four piece and this is their debut album it's called Don't Wait Till Tomorrow um, this band came on it's midnight sorry oh does it yes interesting interesting okay um, right well you gotta pick you gotta pick a name for your band you know so you're not as good as the next um, this band came onto my radar in kind of a strange-ish way although in retrospect it makes perfect sense mm-hmm. Um they were playing one of their tracks on the PA before I saw Fan Club the last time. Oh shit, okay. Um, yeah, and at that, t- at that point they had like a couple of EPs out. I think it was the first single off this album. I think it was Creature that they were playing over the PA and I shazammed it and I sort of said, well, this is a band I haven't heard of. Uh, whacked them into Spotify and I've just been keeping tabs on them ever since. Saw this album release mm-hmm. was coming up and, uh, and here we are. So... I think this uh, this review is probably not going to be very long. The reason I enjoyed the singles was because they appear to be brash, bold, catchy pop songs with an alternative rock um, palette, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, make no mistake, this is not is not alternative rock in the way that we normally discuss it, I would say. This has definitely been written from the ground up to be played, you know, to be sang along with. Yeah, radio-centric. Radio-centric, radio-ready. Bands that came to mind for me, just reviewing it, um, to start from the smaller bands, there's a brilliant band called Blocks, who have yet to release an album, but they're just, they're destined for big things. Um, uh, Fan Club, again, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, Otherkin, um, there's a band called The Hunna, uh, Mallory Knox, 30 se- early 30 Seconds to Mars, I would say, as yeah. well. Bands like Don Broco. And then a band that we covered a couple of times on the show as well, Black Map, I hear a little bit of yeah. as well. It's just me- that meat and potatoes alt-rock sound, but just given a pop sheen. Yeah, for me, it sounded a little different. Interesting. Okay, um, go ahead. Well, hit me. I got the point. Yep. I got your points. Yep. But um, think of, um, who's the chick from Within Temptation? 
Oh, um, I do know her name, oh, but it's it's escaping me. Uh, I've seen with Temptation a couple of times, actually. But, uh, yeah, that mixed with a bit of Don Broco instrumentality. Do you know what? You're dead right. With Temptation is a good shout. They're less bomb. They are bombastic, but they're less uh, but especially- Euro- Euro- Eurocentric but than with Temptation. Especially in the vocals. Yeah, in the vocals. Yes, um, Sharon is her name. Sounds awesome, um, but yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, vo- vocally, vocally, um, my touch points were at uh, uh, Teresa is the name of the uh, singer. My touch points at, at, at times Becca from Marmosets, at times Janine from Vakovi, at times Marina, um, but definitely something all her own as well. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, definitely, you can go from anybody to the PJ Harvey to Karen, yeah. like anybody. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she makes her own. Because I think I do think that. Um, and, and I should note as well that this album, everything to do with it, was totally DIY, home 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 recorded, produced, right on. released, everything, and then and it, they were picked up by Atlantic. Sounds um, good for it, I think. Yes, absolutely. I think the only I think the only um, offshoot of that or side effect of that is that you can hear that different songs came from different sessions and different recording yeah. uh, periods. Because and, and infor- yeah. unfortunately, you can also hear that a lot of it sounds a little samey. Um, you can, I, yeah. I wonder if a producer would be like, oh, I pick up on that. Let's not make everything sound the same. Um, yeah, I don't think everything sounds the same, but there is a, there is a sound, and I totally get where yeah, you're coming they, from. Yeah, they have their sound. Yeah. Um, the, the, the songs definitely sound like they're all in the same package. Yeah, right. Um, I kind of get the gist of the songs pretty fast. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah. Um, they're not, not trying to, to reinvent it. the wheel. Yeah, not discredited, because songs are full of energy, huge, bombastic, we already used that but yeah it is um, the guitars lend well to that the lead yeah. guitar especially lends well to that I love when the lead guitar does his, his yeah. magic and that's the thing is as well I think it, if you break it down I think there's some of the songs that sound like maybe they were recorded earlier in the process like uh, Bad Company or Rockstar or um, Awake the instrumentation is very much in the background and Teresa's in the foreground whereas I think on the songs that sound maybe like they're produced later in the process punch like Punch Bag, bag exactly yeah um, I think maybe Fired Up is another one. The instrumentation feels like it sits on a level playing field um, with the vocal. Yeah. And that might be a good direction. If they decide to go with the producer next time, I would say that would be something that the, a producer would bring out would be more personality in the instrumentation. Mm-hmm. It's not, It's it serves the perfect the purpose perfectly, I think, for but this just album. The, the tonal, whole tonality of it is yeah. the same as, I mean. Yeah, but it's very much a compliment, I think. Um yeah this album lives and dies on the strength of the performance so it's all about how much you buy Teresa's uh, performance and her lyrics and her d- d- style of songwriting and I think I think she's phenomenal I'm really really impressed um, I am too so- yeah good I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that um, I think songs like like Guilty um, Creature the title track just have these powerhouse kick the door down performances there's loads of individuality to her voice she can belt when she needs to mm. um, but she can also introduce like fragility yeah her voice isn't too perfect so you, you hear the all, all the kind of the blemishes of, of the, the cracking vocals and oh yeah I like that stuff it's um, definitely uh, what's the band I really like uh, you don't really like cult no uh, cult um Blood Command, sorry. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Le- less abrasive than, than Blood Command, for sure. Yeah, maybe, yeah, close to the first singer, maybe. Right, right. But I, yeah, but I think 
again, it, 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 you don't often get a performance, I, I think, because I, I tend to focus less on the vocals. Um, but with this album, there's no getting away from them. And, yeah. and, and I'm so glad that they have Theresa because I think they would be a much lesser band. And that's not to disrespect, you know, everything serves the song. But I think without a really, really strong front woman, this band wouldn't be as compelling as they are. Yeah, it's like the problem... I hate digging at other bands <laughs> out of nowhere, but it's a problem I have with uh, churches. Oh, okay. But I don't know churches I, at all. I, I love the I love the band, but the vocals are not as not as powerful as I think they could be. Okay. No, uh, that's yeah, yeah. That's uh, a problem that loads of bands have, and it's like it's very hard to. Oftentimes, I I doesn't even the vocalist just doesn't even register. I just hear the melody, but I don't hear the performance. You know. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. But this yeah. definitely goes just above. Yeah. To to give it a bit more personality. Definitely. Yeah, and I Atti- love go ahead. An attitude. Sorry. So much attitude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And That's I love that part. there's moments in this album that could be Robin or could be Carly Ray Jepsen, Robin's you know, or could song. be um Goldfrap or something. Like there's there's so much pure pop energy to this that sometimes it almost feels like an afterthought that it's that they're rock songs. Yeah. But then the chorus kicks in and you wanna, you know, you wanna move and you want to mosh or whatever and it's yeah, and it's it's perfect yeah. like that and it's like before i get sick of it then the the guitar does some really obtuse stuff yeah uh effect wise like almost sounds like a deadly synthesizer right different elements it's really cool yeah that second last track wake up um almost reminded me of all twins it's definitely the most yeah major key it is but yeah but it's it's quite slinky mm. and uh and, and and poppy and and like that second Altman's album that we reviewed recently yeah um, so I think really if you I, I suppose this would be one it's kind of funny sometimes we talk about albums we kind of go yeah well you know this might be a little bit out of the comfort zone um, if it's if it's if it's a heavier album or it has like screened vocals or whatever but give it a try this is more one where I feel like this might actually not satisfy people who who sit in that much more difficult space of music um, you know in the heavier climbs or whatever but I think for 90% of people the songs on here are just skyscraper chorus really satisfying production arrangement poppy um, uh, poppy structures and I think most people could really really enjoy this yeah I'm not going to go back to it a lot maybe a bit yeah Um, but as a whole album I'm not going to. Maybe the singles. I'll pick and choose. Yeah, I think I think I think I think um, Creature is probably the standout single. I just think that uh, that chorus is absolutely excellent. I wish there wasn't a, a specific reference to Harley Quinn in the lyrics. I feel like that's a little bit too. Um, yeah, maybe like I don't Harley know. Quinn. Uh, yeah. No problem with Harley. It feels a little <laughs> bit too on the nose. I would have gone for a metaphor or something there, but yeah, well, you know. Yeah, but many it, people reference. Charles can be no reference. Batman and yeah, superheroes and his that's stuff. True, so that's like, true. That's true. I'm just over sensitive to that stuff, but uh, but I think that's a that's a fantastic song. I think the title track is just the perfect use of um, chanting. I think sometimes that can be used as a crutch, like nananas and that sort of stuff can just be used to like inject a catchiness where it's not wanted or needed. Yeah. But then again, Vukovi have done it. They have, but, <laughs> but that's what I mean. But sometimes it's it's sometimes it's a vital part of the song. I think in that song the. Uh, 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 uh. I mean, it's brilliant and it works perfectly love the vibe on that song um, again it's not really that song's not really heavy There's a, and they've gone on tour interestingly enough with Bring Me and the Fever 33 oh wow 
And there are moments where I hear a little bit of that sort of Linkin Park ragey energy. Yeah, Linkin Park. Certainly Linkin Park um, latter career, almost. Yeah. Um, and there are moments where I hear those those modern pop influences on Bring Me, especially with Ammo. <laughs> so, you know, good fit. And they'd be, I think they'd be a good fit for, uh, for a support act for, say, uh, fan club. Yeah. Or vice versa. I don't know. These these guys have racked up crazy amounts of plays on Spotify. So actually, maybe Fan Club will be the support act. But I'd go for this band more. So. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, dislike Fan Club. Yeah. Aww. I'll go on the record again and again and again <laughs> to say that. But yeah, I do. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, that's... Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm on board. I'm on board for this, this album. So I, I don't... Yeah, well, you, there's no candy for taste. I know. This, I band's, know, yeah. this band's pretty good, though. I, more more in my comfort zone. I Interesting. Think. Okay, cool. Basically, with this, why, why, I'm, why I'm bringing this to the show is I don't think this is necessarily the finished article, but I think mm. with the right producer, this band could really do something special. Like, I, really, really special. Mm-hmm. They had totally the, the horsepower to do it, you know? Yeah. Well, they still can. Yeah. I think. Okay. Um, what's your favorite track? Favorite track is Sorry, before we go, yeah. Can I just say their their Spotify describes them as the Yeah Yeah Yeahs meets Royal Blood. Do you hear that? No. Me either. No. I have no idea where they pulled those two artists from and upon listening. Not even to this in the band. same dimension spatially. No no I yeah, sorry, that just struck me as so odd. Like not any section of Royal Blood and they've gone through Apart from maybe the guitar I, I push the guitar tone. Yeah, but I guess. like anyway, that just struck me so weird. Um, I would imagine that didn't come from the band themselves but go ahead what's your favourite track Punchback Punchback Punchback's really good yeah Punchback was the, a I love the way guitar too. enters yeah um, I, I love the, I think the title track is great it's got this kind of almost desert heat radiating to it yeah. it's 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 slower um, the ambience is cool yeah yeah it's, it's, it's awesome it's full of attitude and atmosphere um, okay I'll let you go first score out of 10 um I think it's I think a six. Okay. Because I understand. I truly understand what they're going for. No, yeah, sure. Um I think I I was I was so in love with the singles. Uh-huh. And, I and could then tell. Another, and then another I, saw, I listened to them when you put them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then another four songs came along and they're strong. They are strong and I think as a whole body of work it does hang together but like we said production's a little bit inconsistent from song to song and um, there's more work to do I don't want to go out yeah it, it's a back heavy album it seems maybe maybe a little bit yep fire it up and wake up and all uh, that kind of shook me a bit, bit more than the initial stuff it's 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 really excellent and there's room for growth so I'm going to give yeah. it a 7 out of 10 nice um, but absolutely man, I'll keep my eye on and if they come to Dublin I'll go and see them because nice. I think there's I really want to see how Theresa pulls it off live because she's she's fantastic on record um, so that was Yonaka Don't Wait Till Tomorrow um, wait till now if you are a fan of choruses check it out so last but by no means least we are going to punch in the year 1976 well 1977 probably really on our time machine because nothing uh, interesting happened with this album until 1977 but um, the album is called 347 EST yes. by a band called Klaatu Um do you know the story of this album? No, Klaatu. Oh, you know Klaatu? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I kind of know this album a bit. Really? Kind of. What was your previous relationship with Klaatu? Uh, I, I don't know. I think it was just bands related to Yes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I was kind of hunting, doing a deep dive around that era. Oh, okay. Back. And yeah, Anus of Uranus was the song I heard. Oh, so I was interesting. Like, this, is, this is wacky. 
And Anus of Uranus doesn't really feed into the, the narrative of this song. I would say Anus of Uranus is, is a really kind of like a 10cc type track that... It's very 70 sound. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so um. let's start off with an interesting fact about this album that isn't the interesting fact about this album. Besides, first and foremost, this being mainly a, a play on your part, trying to up me on the last time I went back in time, I was like, no. I can go twenty years farther back. You know it's done. Hey, I've already brought us back to the fifties, so don't 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 test me. I'll bring us back to eighteen hundreds next. <laughs> you can, time. Hey, you throw a classical album in if you want. I, I have no problem with that. Okay, so my store is full of them. It's fine. Interesting fact about three forty seven EST number one. It was produced by Terry Brown. What is the only really notable thing Terry Brown has ever done as a producer? Like the first seven Rush albums. Okay. Does that make more sense as a from a production standpoint now? Yes, because I think yeah, go it's ahead. entirely on in tune with the first Rush album. Yeah, maybe not same genre, but same vibe. Yes, yeah, and I think Terry Brown had these black magic powers that he was able to make um, records that in the in a genre that generally sounded like ass until the mid nineties sound full and rich and totally modern. Like that, this album sonically, for the most part totally stands up today mm. on a modern set of headphones or speakers or whatever at a time when stereo was still kind of a, a little bit in its infancy and stuff this this sounds phenomenal so terry brown great job and he, he worked on all of the rush albums up until moving pictures so he's like very well respected and producer it, it totally shows and it totally shows okay so the band are from toronto and canada but a lot of people didn't know that originally so here's the interesting story about this album um it was released in 1976 to a little bit, of, a few good reviews, but nobody really took notice. And then a, 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 a journalist called Steve Smith from the Providence Journal in Rhode Island yeah. um, picked it out of a bin they had in the paper of records that were kind of just had come in from labels and were loosely sorted. And if you wanted, you could take one home and you could review it for the paper. But mm. you know, there were there were no major releases in there. It was just like a grab bag of random stuff. And he took it home, put it on, and was immediately convinced that he was hearing the Beatles, who at the time had only split up seven years prior, right? So there was still thoughts and uh, there was rumours, always rumours that the Beatles were going to reform in some capacity. B-side weirdness that they keep hidden, that kind of... Yeah, of course. And like at this point, they were all releasing solo materials. They were all active musicians and people were, you know holding out hope that they would return with a new album and uh, and he put on this album and you know calling occupants of interplanetary craft which is my inroad to Klaatu right? oh, yeah, I'll, yeah. as I'll explain later but um, you know he put that on and kind of thought holy shit you know it sounds like Strawberry Fields Forever kind of style organ it sounds like Sergeant Pepper, it sounds like Abbey Road. Anybody could be a fool. You know, uh, Sub Rosa Subway comes on and you kind of go, holy shit, like, is that, could that be Paul McCartney? Um, there's there's a bang of Paul's sort of novelty songs off Sir Bodsworth Rugglesby, like Maxwell Silver Hammer when I'm 64, that kind of crack. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, there's, there's even, even at the end of Sub Rosa Subway, there's that, you know, that kind of, uh, that sort of fanfare that you get in All You Need Is Love, that shoot, shoot, shoot like all the, the brass and stuff yeah. so he kind of says holy shit there's a lot of little hallmarks here I'm going to dig I'm going to investigate this further mm-hmm. so 
he opens up the record and it just says album written by Klaatu, produced by Klaatu, performed by Klaatu. He's like, right, okay. Well, that's, Summoned by Klaatu. That's, yeah. that's nice and uh, um, specific. Um, so he wrote an article. Uh, and sorry, and he called up Capitol Records, who also oh, happened okay. to do the Beatles record label in America, <laughs> right? And and they neither confirmed nor denied his suspicion. So he wrote an article and that was where it all kind of began for Klaatu. That, that sparked a worldwide... Um, inferno of rumours that this album was written and produced and, and performed by the Beatles or at least some part of the Beatles that there was a Beatles connection um, and and they sold like a million copies because they, of that they couldn't fact. press they could not press the records fast enough and because of that <laughs> Calling Occupants of Interplanetary Craft um, became uh, a, a minor hit for the band but the Carpenters covered it the following year and it became a number one single. It was a number one in Ireland anyway, but it was it was like a number five single in, in America. No, the from the Carpenters cover, but wow. but this was this was a cover like oh. you know a, like eight months after the album came out or something. Yeah. You know, it was it was very soon after, um, and that 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 was a that was a smash hit, and that's still a song that people of like our parents' generation would remember being on the radio. And that actually funny enough is how I found Klaatu through that song because I love Carpenters. We'll discuss this in a later episode. Okay. But um, I, I, I love that song and then I found out the original artist was Klaatu. I only later found out about this Beatles stuff. Um, so long story short, Capitol Records kind of milked it for all it was worth and kept on strategically not confirming or denying the rumours until um, a radio presenter from Washington went to the Library of Congress, mm-hmm. looked at the copyright for the album because you have to write your real name and uh, oh yeah yeah and yeah. and he saw you know John Wallachuk D Long and Terry Draper none of them are members of the Beatles okay so it turned out the Klaatu were just three dudes from Toronto who just knew how, yeah Canadians always the Canadians <laughs> <laughs> and a direct quote from yeah. John Wallachuk is I'm probably one of the biggest Beatles fans in the whole world. But we did try and branch Sue out. Me. <laughs> we did try and branch out into other influences, like 10CC, for example, which Anus of Uranus. So this album wears its influences on its sleeve. There's no question about that. It as soon as it was discovered that they were not the Beatles, sales of their second album significantly dropped. It's really good. I've listened to it. It's excellent. It's called Hope. Um, and then they they kind of managed to do two more albums and then just petered out into nothingness um, because. The fan base wasn't there for them, uh, but it was it was an interesting time. I thought it was an interesting story. Yeah. What do you think of the music? I think it's pretty 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 good. Yeah. As far as a non Beatles fan goes, I like I really like the fact that I, just the producers work on it, especially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a this is a massive Beatles nerd. Is my way of backdoor like of Trojan horsing the Beatles into this show. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I like. Especially like early Rush. Oh yeah. So of course this is going to be a pleasant entry. Absolutely. As far as the guitar work goes, it's you can tell he had his mind in both fields at the same time. Definitely. Rush field and Klaatu's. Yeah. I um, also hear little bits of like Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin, especially. Um, and- there's I think little bits of uh, David Bowie as well, and uh, Black Sabbath. I'd say more so Iggy. Maybe Iggy Pop? Iggy Pop, sure. Yep, definitely, definitely. I hear that too. Um, the funny thing is as well is I, I... I mean, I think the dude was an idiot because even though there are very surface, superficial similarities um, and dumb clues like Ringo Starr had a cover of one of his albums where he was 
uh, doing a, the scene from the day the earth stood still yeah. and Klaatu is the alien from that film 347 EST is when Klaatu descended to earth it's all connected right but yeah. these guys were space age they were kind of going for trekky rock like this is much more spacey than the Beatles ever were they never ex- express an interest in this type of stuff this is partially like like prog rock yeah. like nerdy nerdiness it's definitely like, yeah and then Sub Rosa Subway even though yes it has Beatles-esque um, instrumentation again it's like a historical song it's, it's it actually is. about a pretty interesting um, dude called uh, Beach I think his name was Alfred Beach um, and he uh, I just want to double check that I've got his name right yeah Alfred Beach um, in the 1870s he uh, created a pneumatic tube that ran under it was the first subway in New York ah. yeah and it was only for, cool. it was it was for demonstration purposes only there was one stop mm-hmm. and it, it literally went out a little bit into the line and then came back but you know it it set. It set. It, it was. It was cylindrical, like a pneumatic tube. So yeah. it was not like the subway would end up becoming. But it was the first foray into the underground for New York. So it's like that's not the kind of thing the Beatles. The Beatles didn't write straight historical songs either, um, which is more like something that well, has Led Zeppelin done that. I'm just trying to think. Yeah, I yeah, think they have, yeah. That's more like something Iron Maiden would do. To be honest with you. Oh but yeah. Not musically similar, but um, and uh, and then there are, there are the novelty songs as well, like as a like Sir Walter R- Rugglesby. Yeah, I I'm I I'm all right with that. You yeah, know, no, I'm not, it's not I'm not great. plussed about. It. I'm like okay, it's not it's it's not it's not great. It's not great. I think but, this album. Well, why is it not great? I don't un- I don't quite understand its place in this album. I, because it's 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 their version of like I said like when I'm 64 or something. It's they kind of feel like oh well you can't make a psychedelic prog rock record unless there's one novelty children song in there for some reason. <laughs> um, it's like techno with abandoning all ships with kind of the, the kind of ch- cartoony yeah sampling right as soon as, soon as like was it uh, Prodigy got sick of it then everybody got sick of it <laughs> but yeah. Um, so what do you think of um, Calling Occupants because that's like the big one I think that's like the big song oh I love it it's, it's actually pretty big yeah. it becomes pretty big at least oh yeah um, I love the guitar work in this album especially California in the Middle Jam, East California Jam as well yeah especially uh, Innocent Uranus is great <laughs> it's just such a good song yeah it is good um, I love the chorus in that and um, and that, that mm. one has some pretty sophisticated space age blips and bloops too. It does. It does. You know, but more it, so than you would expect for an album from 1976. Yeah. And it, it has a total classic rock over that as well. Mm, definitely. Like I love, the, I love the, those guitars, honestly. Yeah. True Life Heroes, pretty straightforward, kind of yeah. early Rush-esque yeah, hard Kentu- rock. Kind of Kentucky Fried guitars. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, to take it back to... Um, uh, calling occupants just for a quick second okay. I mean I think that song is it's very much in the vein of a a long um, like an iconic pop hit if, if you think of songs like uh, Stairway to Heaven Freebird Purple Rain American Pie A Day in the Life by the Beatles or Bohemian Rhapsody I mean it's like seven minutes but they're all it, it, it's 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 totally essential throughout and it go, it moves keys it moves sections I think it's it's as good as any of those great long mm. pop songs and if that's your statement of intention on or, the uh, first song then that's yeah exactly wow what a career uh, Mr. Blue Sky by Electric Light Orchestra oh yeah one. Electric uh, Light or- 
good touch point to this. Definitely. Uh, and uh, and also, it's really hard to tell which came first, this song or "Easy Like Sunday Morning" by the Commodores. You know that sound, the Lionel Richie yeah. song. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think the Richie song came first, but no, th- th- it, this was actually released. I think this was actually released a year before, so it's hard to know who wrote who wrote it first. But um, which it's is very similar, written, rather like yeah. maybe. maybe somebody got wind I don't know <laughs> it's hard to know I have no idea if there's a connection between Clatu and, and, uh, and Lionel Richie but it's a very similar um, brass part uh, but again or- orchestration instrumentation very big very bold yeah and, and ambitious which yeah. I love very ambitious yeah. yeah and confusing I love how confusing these albums are <laughs> so confusing like oh god yeah and like um, Rush actually it manages to be epic and expansive and varied but within a 30 eight minute runtime or something yeah uh, like Hemispheres by Rush yeah I was trying to fit everything on one disc I guess one vinyl yeah King Crimson kind of do that mm. but maybe more so like four albums but that space of time yeah <laughs> yeah but same 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 energy and dimension <laughs> because they're all very weird but yeah yeah um, I think the most expansive and the most ahead of its time track is probably the closer Little Neutrino yeah what did you think of that one uh, it's it didn't sound like a 70s song no way yeah more like a more more like something that we, you would have come out of the 90s I think early yeah like well, after the confusion of the 80s sound being gone and people trying to find a rock bass it sounds like that reminds me of that, that um, Free Mars that we covered oh um, yeah by uh, what was the name of the band was the had a couple of members of I remember of failure and a few other people in it. Oh fuck, it's gone. Album's called Free Mars anyway. Well, yeah, they pull it off just as well. Yeah, a lot of bands could have been the Beatles. Do you know how they created that um that Daft Punk type vocal effect? I don't. It's they used an artificial larynx. Oh my god! You know the type wow. that you see people in movies when they've like yep yep that type of thing. Yeah, so they, yeah. they did no studio trickery. That's just recorded to mic with the artificial larynx. Oh. Um, really atmospheric use of synthesizers yeah and Spacey. an earlier use of synthesizers the spaciness is totally there as good as it ever has been in the 70s to be honest yeah. yeah yeah and that song more than anything else the album is a million miles from something that the Beatles would have done and whatever you think about the quality of I think the quality of this is varied I don't think it's a great album because no. the middle has too many patchy moments but I think the bits. If you heard this album in nineteen, you couldn't. There's no way you could hear Little Neutrino and think, "Yeah, that's the Beatles." It's it's on a different, totally different planet to anything mm. they had ever written or would ever write. Yeah. Um, it's got more in common with like almost like post rock, I would say. Yep. That was to come later. King Crimson. Yeah. yeah. King Crimson also prog rock. Yeah, yeah. Um, but do you, do you think it's a good album? I think it's a good album. Good. Because I lo- for one. I like it more than most of the Beatles stuff. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Even though it was confused for them. Mm. Com- confused by them. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just like where it went more. I like how brash it got. Uh, reminded me a bit of Oingo Boingo. Yeah. Um, later era Oingo Boingo. Okay. When they were just Boingo. <laughs> oh, you just Boingo. Of yeah, yeah. Yeah. That album. The album they ended their career on. Right. Reminds me right. a lot of this. Awesome. Um, Reminds you some of the weirder... And they did a cover of I Am The Walrus on that album. Oh, So they? it all comes back to the Beatles. 
it, do, it, do, it does at the end it does ultimately all come back to the Beatles no question about it um, and they, they wore their emphasis on this scene I think if you listen to Hope particularly the version on the Sunset which is like a, a double uh, disc uh, release of some mm-hmm. singles and things the second half of that is um, a version of their second album which has the London Philharmonic or- uh, Orchestra on it Yeah, and it's it's a really great collection of songs I feel like the quality is a little bit more consistent like I think there's some I mean Calling Occupants is one of my probably one of my favourite songs like it's probably my like, top 50 favourites I love that song so much um, and then I think California Jam is great yeah Magentalin that album that's their final album when did that come out I haven't actually heard it 1980 <laughs> okay because it says 81. 30th of November 2006 on this we all know yeah. that Spotify be tripping yeah they be uh, tripping. no that came out sometime in the very very early 80s um, but yeah you can I, so I, th- I think I think it's just there's moments like I think True Life Hero is a little bit too plain I think Dr. Marvello is cool um, and then it kind of ramps up into Little Neutrino which is, which is excellent so it's like a it's it's a bit of a mixed bag. Yeah. They have great album covers nonetheless. They like, do, they have great Sir album Army covers. Suit is great. I know a few yeah. bands that kind of copy that style a yep. little bit. Actually it almost reminds me of the cover of Astral Weeks by um, Van Morrison, which would have come out around that time as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the cover for this album do you know what it is more so than the music? And the music is really, really good for the most part. Like it's really, uh-huh. really good and it sounds almost better than any Beatles record. Like production wise, it sounds phenomenal. That probably doesn't well to me like anymore. But yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but I think you're right. Everything about the cover, it's that weird, sentient, smiling sun. The name, it's so bizarre. And the title, 347 EST. I was like, that does not sound like the title of an album that came out in the 70s. Yeah, those weird bands you find that seem to know a lot more than yeah. most people about something. Like, in a yeah. lot of ways, it's very much of its time. But in a lot of other ways, I felt like it was a little glimpse into the future. Mm. And, I, and I really liked that Doesn't about matter. it. Hey, that's, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Who, yeah. who, who, Tupperware what? Remix Party. But yeah, that's a current band that Tupperware has copied that style. Yeah, no, no, no. Of course, it's the, the style of um, a lot of their album covers is like a... Well, actually, most nearly all of them is, yeah. is kind of a circle of, 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 of a focus point with a border around it. And uh, you're right, that is a... That is definitely a style yeah. of album cover that's been used quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a fun it is. footnote in musical history. It is. Tons of mystery mm. and uh, intrigue and deception. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine at the time Heartbreak. this was an album that showed up in a lot of secondhand record shops because <laughs> oh. there was a lot of people that bought it and then returned it because they found uh, that, that it wasn't sucks. the Beatles. It does suck because I think it's, because it's a worthwhile album in its own right. What assholes you have to be to like totally get rid of a band like oh I don't like this then yeah. totally like like on the whip from the Beatles mania, yeah. Beatlemania yeah still exactly. seven years later and you're and, and as well and like just one last, I don't mean to kick poor Steve Smith while he's down but to imagine that the that the Beatles would go back to a sound that is intrinsically linked with basically Sgt. Pepper Magical Mystery Tour and at a push Abbey Road they had already moved into completely different musical territory by the time this album came out. What made this journalist think that they were going to write an album hearkening back to their own older sound when they had never, ever done that? Like, if they were going to do something else, it would be something totally new. And and you hear that with the solo albums the members released. Exactly. Other shit. (laughs) They they span off into different directions. Paul McCartney did Wings. John Lennon did Double Fantasy. Uh... George Harrison did freaking Hallelujah, Harry Krishna. Ringo Starr, peace and love. Is peace and love. <laughs> around and making people happy, I guess. And, you know, 
yeah his son has grey hair and he doesn't so what the yeah. fuck is going on with this world? exactly um, so it was just a case of mistaken identity but I wanted to bring it back to the music because I think there's enough meaty stuff on here there's enough original inspiration on this to make it worth uh, mm-hmm. worthwhile mm-hmm. and this is a kind of chill album to listen to as well yeah. in the morning <laughs> When Absolutely. that spooky son's looking at you, check out the check out the Carpenter's version of Calling Occupants though, because it's actually I think it's probably slightly better. Okay. Because uh, Karen Carpenter has just the most incredible okay. voice, and the it, it was a it was a major production. They they got 160 people in. Um, there's full orchestra, and they actually ended up doing a TV special because the whole point of Calling Occupants uh, of Interplanetary Craft was to um, create a fictional holiday where where everybody on Earth would try and beam telepathic messages into space to talk to the aliens that are observing us mm-hmm. and so people were so because that song was a hit people were so enthusiastic about it that they kept on asking well when is world contact day and then the carpenter just said oh fuck it we'll do a tv special <laughs> it'll be like a sort of a music video for this and yeah. everybody in the world can can tune in at the same time and beam their message out to space so you know very much in that kind of i feel like most of the alien encounters in that that that, that are recorded yeah. took place in like the sixties and seventies. It sounds it really. Does. And this yeah. that fed into that. Yeah. Like hook line and. Center. That's fun piecing all that together. I like albums like this. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for getting this on the show. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, we 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 we've been talking for a little bit longer than usual. Yeah. It was a meaty show. Yeah, could have been meatier, but. <laughs> gotta leave stuff <laughs> it could always be meatier but I, I feel like there was definitely enough meat on the bone in this meat pie um, every album worth the discussion uh, which is always what we want we try to achieve with this show so thank mm-hmm. you very much for tuning in um, before I let you go Dil, what is your favourite track of um, uh, 347 EST god um, I think the starting track yeah Calling Occupants of Interplanet honestly yeah. I'll take, I'll take Sub Rosa Subway in, uh, just as a no, actually, I'll take a little, little neutrino because it's a little glimpse into the future. Yeah. Um, really, really good stuff. Reminds you that I need to go back to Rush again because I fucking love Rush. I know. So thank you very much for tuning in. Um, and if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe uh, to the show through whatever app you happen to be listening to this through. Um, I think it's probably the easiest on Spotify, but we are up there on all of the services at this point. Um, you can follow our playlist on Spotify where you'll get a little sneak preview of what we'll be discussing on the show mm-hmm. very soon um, yes we are on Facebook we are on Twitter we do respond uh, if you want to tweet at us and if you want to send something in for consideration if you are an artist with a release coming up do send it through and we will um, give it a listen and we may review it on the show so thank you very much for tuning in Dylan any parting thoughts stay frosty <laughs> stay cool. and we'll see you next time bye bye